Hey, everybody. I'm Chad Eckert, and that's Eric Martins. That is Josh Bennett. We, together, are golf guys. Cracking beers. Slicking names. Cheers. Cheers. Another Wednesday, another tournament. This is the PGA Tour. It is, where are we? We're at the Sanderson Farms in Jackson. Chicken tournament. It's a good tournament. Um, we've had some great, we've had our friends, Cam Champ win it. We've had Sam Burns win it. We like this event. We like the fall swing. In fact, I'm very confident with my names this week, Quagnus. So I've added some more uh, lineups, maybe than normal. So I'm, I'm playing the $3.20 max, the $1.20 max. We're going with our $5 league lineup. Quagnus, how do you oh. feel about the field? Do you, are you confident in your clicks? I don't know. We'll see after our conversation here where, where we go. Oh, good. Okay. We are um, now going live from my office. If you missed last week, I've been kicked out of my house. I'm no longer <laughs> allowed to do the podcast from the comforts of my home because it annoys my wife. So what we're doing, we're hiding. We're doing the podcasts now from the comfort of my office. Uh, where my manager, I hope he left already for the day because I've got my beer going, got my Coors Lights, my office. <laughs> mm. He probably wouldn't care. Either way, you can find us each week doing this. We're going to be cracking beers. We're going to be clicking names. We're going to get right to the names. We're not going to waste our, your time talking about the President's Cup and all the reflections and all that shit. We're going to the names. BK, BK loves that you got kicked out of your house. Oh, my gosh. My wife literally hates the pod so much. And what's funny, though, is that it's nice that I got – you guys did this, too, last week. You guys are texting me at, like, you know, 5.05. It's like, this is great. I already got a head start on my drinking for tonight. I've got all my decisions, thinking, and thoughts done. Boom. Hell, yeah. And it's not even 5.30. And we did it last week. We're going to do it this week. We're going to see how it goes for the fall <laughs> swing. Um, maybe I'll have to bring it back next summer back to the office at the home so we can do the late night um, after show, which was always fun. Either way, tippity tip top. Quagnus, Sam Bermuda Burns. He's at $10,700. I'm going to bring in the DraftKings board. I'm not going to mess around with it, which should display things. I don't know how much I can display, but I can show you Sam Burns is at the tippity tip top. There's four guys in the 10K range. It's Thigala, Poston, and Henley. My favorite play, the name is Sam Burns. He's $10,700. Feels underpriced. How the hell is he only $10,700? He could, he, based on the class, he is. He could be eleven thousand seven hundred dollars, and I'd still consider him three hundred. He should be eleven seven, probably. Yeah, I mean, this is a person that's won three times. He's won this event I last mean, year. Good. Yeah. So, <laughs> Quagnus, did you go to the tippity tip top for your first click of your six man roster? You know, I tried jamming him and JT posting together, and it gets a little, little iffy, but. But yeah, I think I'm going to use Sam Burns. Although you always, whenever I use the top price guy who's at a at a at a tournament that they're defending, you always tell me, "Oh no, 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 no! They're going to have all the obligations of a de- defending champion weighing upon them." Why would you? What would you say to that? That could be completely and totally true. There could be that could be the reason why Sam Burns is even here at all because he's probably hungover. He played <laughs> the Presidents Cup. He played all five matches. He's probably fatigued. What do you think about that, Josh? Do you think that they've got mental fatigue? Are they hungover from the President's Cup? They could be. Uh, they should be. I would be if it was me. Uh, yeah, I don't, maybe that's why he's priced so low because hmm. there's <laughs> there's concerns. 
There's the <laughs> concerns about him just being here because he's the the defending champ, so he's got he's ba- he's basically obligated. So mm-hmm. it, how much like did he practice this week at all? Probably not. Is he still hungover from the celebrations? Probably. So, but he's yeah, from. I mean, I mean, in this class, he should be eleven seven. But based and he's on he's a local. This, he he likes yeah. this course. We know he likes the Louisiana area. I guess this is technically a couple miles around that area where he went to college and where he grew up, where he played golf. We like Sam Burns here. We've already seen him win this tournament at ten thousand seven hundred dollars. It's hilarious. I'm using him in almost fifty percent of my forty. One, I guess I'm making Ooh. 41 lineups. Wow. So he's my favorite out of the 10K range. I'm also going to use the Gallo. I'm going to use Henley, but I'm definitely fading JT Post, and he's the one that I will not use in the 10K range. Wow. I got, I got tweeted at today that uh, JT Post is, is like an elite golfer now since the since the John Deere. Hmm. But if you just have – if you follow like kind of how JT Post plays, he's like hmm. good for five – Real bad for five, good for five, real bad for this is how he's always done it. So thinking that he's like an elite golfer worthy of like 10 2 is wild to my brain. He, I mean, fine, he's playing, playing good, but by the way, he's not even good in this tournament, really. He's, he's never even finished top 10. Uh, I guess he's, he's I beg to differ. Yeah, he's made some cuts. I don't know what he's done. He had a third and 10 2. We're not looking for a made cut where he needs to win. Oh, no, but. Yeah, what are you looking at? I guess I I see JT Poston having good results here. I got a miscut last year, 11, 54, 53, 29. I That's see good for 10 2? I see a third in 2020. But Yeah, Smart Golf Bets. Are you considering the spreadsheet that Smart Golf Bets Mike Miller puts together each week? Do I have, a, he... bad, do I have a bad spreadsheet? Well, he was third in 2020, so I don't know what you're talking about. I don't see that. Yeah. Was it at this was it at this golf course? Yep. Well, my not expert. Started. Way to go, Jish. Thanks a lot. Now I gotta go look. <laughs> um now I might have to click posting because you just talk shit. I did. But here's my right, now, now I gotta look it up. God damn it. I was planning on talking shit about your fate of posting, so I'm glad that Josh took over for me there. Cause yeah. Here I'm... are my names in the in um I'm using this as my tally so we can you can uh, if you want this spreadsheet, which why would you? But maybe you do. You can kind of keep track of who you've used, and you know, try not to overlap. It's like a, you know, a computer could do this for you, but I end up doing this myself because I'm a, like a boomer, I guess. <laughs> but I'm showing right now who my clicks are. I have 26 names, and in the 10k range, I used three out of the four. I'm using three in the 9k range, and I am shocked in that bazoonahoot is not being clicked by the mass public. It's crazy to me. Should we go over ownership? Have you guys considered taking a name in the 9K range that is low-owned, like Christian Bezadenhut? I did. Are you using him? Do you think people are scared off by the fact that he's putting really well, they'll see that, and not doing much else, and the fact that he has not played here before, it looks like? Could oh, be that doesn't matter. He likes the grass. Yeah. He's very informed because he played at the Ryder, the President's Cup. So we're into that. We're okay with that. Listen, at 5.8%, he's half the ownership of the second least most owned. So it's crazy that you can get at 5.8% Bezadenhut, a guy that I put the house on in a tournament just you know a couple months ago, I suppose. I'm loving that. I can't, and I, I can't believe it. So I'm taking that. Do you guys consider ownership when you're making your decisions? Josh, do you consider ownership? No, 
<laughs> I was shocked that uh, you can get. Also, it. by the way, we've been you we've been ripping uh, some of these websites on not having accurate information. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't feel like I can rip this particular website that I'm using that shows me course history and recent form and all that stuff in one spreadsheet, but it is missing the entire 2020 uh, tournament. The whole wow. thing, just not in here. That's well, a big. That's a big deal, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh, we have to be. You know, we it's do just missing the whole thing. Quagnus, um, have you ever paid for advice or websites? By the way, okay. Chad. You can go, Eric. By the way, this is you have to pay to get this. The thing I'm looking at right now, you have to spend dollars on to get. And it's wrong? It's missing an entire year. I can't uh I don't think I'm obligated to uh say where this came from. No, um based on what I know you have access to, I could probably figure (laughs) that out. However, question Okay. Eric, go. Yeah, you you can warn people because you had paid for a while for services, and you get you. We've done this rant many of times. Does it help you successfully win dollars in DraftKings? I think I think the most positive thing that you get out of paying for services is you're you're getting some interaction within a community of people that are paying for the services with but, the people who are having you know providing the service. But other than that, like I never saw like awesome results. So no. Come on, join our community on our Discord, and you can have access to this spreadsheet, the one that shows the ownership, that one that shows the most owned name in the 9K range is going to be Davis Riley. So Davis Riley is now the second most owned name almost overall. Oh, my gosh. Why? Who? And what? So Sam Burns (laughs) makes sense. But Davis Riley, I don't know. Are we confident in Davis Riley? 20%? It's It's weird. Um, you know, coming off a missed cut at the fort fortnight, which was a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, he didn't putt well. So maybe people are, you know, going down that narrative of, oh, he had, you know, decent numbers on approach, but just couldn't putt. So that's got to turn around that maybe, I don't know. Is that how smart we are now? Like as a community of, of, of draft Kings and betters yeah. or whatever, like we, we look at these things and say, it's got to turn around. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a hard deal, but yeah, 20%. Jesus Christ. But I like Davis Riley as a, as a golfer, so I can, I'll get on board. Fuck, fuck, I don't well, care. We're chalk eaters. We don't mind chalk. I mean, it's chalk for a reason. Sometimes the chalk will lead you to answers because it says, why why is this guy priced this way? Everybody thinks he's a good click, so maybe there's something to look into that for that. Maybe you're just not a Davis Riley guy, and you can get off of that. Are you a Taylor Montgomery guy? Are we Taylor Montgomery podcast? Because this guy is apparently the next best thing. Taylor Montgomery. Josh, when was the first time you've heard of this guy? Uh, well, I've, I've followed the KFT, so I have heard of him before. Mm-hmm. Um, as I'm one of those guys that just whatever golf slate is up, I just throw a couple bucks in. Sure. It, it, it actually helps because you kind of follow all the other things going on. Mm-hmm. So like I, I play uh, DP World Tour, so you kind of follow how that goes. Okay. Then when guys come and play on the PGA Tour, you kind of have an idea who they are. So... Yeah, I am well aware of Montgomery, and I'm well aware that he's very good. Well, it seems to me like everybody's starting with Burns. They're going to Montgomery. Montgomery. What's Montgomery's ownership? Montgomery is at 20. See, now I'm looking at the spreadsheet, and I like 18. it has a number, and I'm like, well, is this is this? Maybe they're going this. So yeah, now I might just take. I might just close the spreadsheet down. 
whatever you're looking at is awful. And whatever you're typically looking at is worse than your gut. Do you watch golf? Yes. Well, you watch golf. Well, that's more than the tout you're listening to does. That's probably true. Uh, Mm -hmm. And do you follow your own beer gut brain model? Then you'll be fine. Because my beer gut brain model is spitting out Bazadanut, and it loves that. I don't know if that's going to be a good idea. But we also, uh, when it comes to ownership, you need to consider, like, the top. I mean, this stuff is kind of obvious stuff. But, like, Sam Burns' ownership projection at 20-whatever it is, 25, 22, 20, that's not chalk, and that's not a reason to not get on him. And, in fact, it's harder to predict Sam Burns' ownership and, like, 25% 25% is probably a good accurate number versus the $7,200 guy. Or we've talked about this before, like a $6,500 guy. These are wildly different approaches. Like once you know things about a name, you have to then decide if that's important about that particular name, depending on their price, their circumstances. And like we said, and we've always said, chalk is good to eat. It's sometimes very tasty. And Martins, you've made a lot of money off eating chalk when everybody doesn't eat chalk. And it's not even chalk anymore. 22%. Two out of 10 are using one name and it's the best fucking name in the tournament or there's the price is wrong. Like that doesn't mean you almost fuck up not using that name. So think about those things. Now, did you want to give us your favorite 9K name, Josh? Or did you tell us? Is it Montgomery? Well, well, uh, Montgomery is my favorite and that's just solely because i just know that he's very good um, was he was he good at birdies or better in your model or no oh you want, <laughs> you want to talk about you want to talk about that now sure <laughs> there, i mean no because my model doesn't use birdies or better chad what do you, do you mean want, you, how, you how could you use a, how could you have chad? a model that doesn't show birdies or better what the fuck are because you it's a stupid stat to use um here's your model that is the model it's got Burns at the tippity tip top of the model. It does, and uh, it has Keegan Bradley there, number three. Oh my gosh, probably Riley's involved. Gonna, I'm probably not even thinking about it. But uh, Stallings, but, Stallings is a birdier better guy, and he's on your model, so he must be a good click. Here's the deal with birdier better, Chad. Number okay. one birdier better last year averaged four something birdies around. Last place was like a little over three, so the difference was one point five per round. First and last. By the way, number one isn't on the tour anymore, so you can take that into account. However yeah, you want. it's last like 200. How many golfers are there? Two, yeah, it's like there's like 200 on the list that okay. qualify. So when we're plugging, so that's the max, 1.5 between one and last. So if you're comparing the 23rd ranked and the 50th ranked, they make damn near the same amount of birdies. So if you're... If you're heavily weighted on birdie or better percentage, you are kicking somebody down your pool that makes just as many birdies as somebody that you kicked up your pool. So you are, by weighting birdie or better percentage highly, you Mm -hmm. are, you're kicking people out of your pool that make birdies as well. So just using that in your stat models is just so dumb because they just all make the same amount of birdies they do things differently to get there and maybe i think that's how people want to think about birdie or better percentage they do it different ways to get there some of them make just three birdies around three 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 some of them make seven one round and two another seven two seven you have to think about how they get to that just solely saying 
Oh, he's number five and birdies are better. He makes a shit ton of birdies. Well, kind of, but everybody else does too. How did he get to that number is well, the and question. Then my my argument is always like Tiger's never going to be on that list because he plays the hard tournaments and plays the open championships. And that's, he plays the, like, that's part par of it. is good score. So then he's not good at birdies or better. So you can't click Tiger if he was in this tournament in his prime. Like, fuck off. Martins. What is the stat that you use the most? Is there something that you think is predictive in guessing golfer performance? Yeah. Which one? Well, it's two. I always just look at stroke gain putting, and then they're, and then I look at their stroke gain approach over the last, you know, couple of weeks, whatever. Just see what's going on here. Are they have they putted lights out like Taylor Montgomery that you guys are going to click who gained eleven point two strokes putting to to a third place at the Fortnite. What would uh, Drewby? What would Drewby tell us to do with that? Remember Drewby? Yes, I remember. We got slayed. Yeah, yeah he would scold us. Damon, he, was, he Damon. was like smart, and we were not. Yeah. So he yeah. would tell us, "Get the hell out of here with that performance on the putter! Like that cannot be sustained." Sorry, I mean you love Montgomery. If he's going to be chalk, I love calling him Montgomery. I'm going to call him that now. From obviously uh, Montgomery. Why? Well, yeah, because all these stat guys that read spreadsheets they don't actually watch or listen to the announcers they're they're always mispronouncing shit so oh, i mean right. i'm i'm in i'm into mispronouncing things on purpose so that people wonder if i don't know what i'm talking about which is you should wonder that but <laughs> yes you actually should putting is hard to sustain and approach play is easier to sustain that is very true however i don't think any strokes gained should be put into your brain or your beer or your gut model because the strokes gained why hasn't Rick Rungood won a million dollars? Where's his Millie Maker winner? Where's Pat Mayo and Moose is winning the Millie Maker with their website with all the strokes gained stats? And they're the ones that are in the most strokes gained world where they're cashing commas. Like, come on. I know they do every once in a while or whatever, but at the same time, like, if you are Mr. Strokes Gain and Mr. Strokes Gain leads to predicting athlete performance, then shouldn't you be winning GPPs on a regular basis or competing? I mean, we're, we're put your money where your mouth is. If strokes gain is so predictive, which clearly we were mocked and ridiculed when we first got on the scene. We didn't really even care about strokes gain. We were like, what? How is this going to predict anything? This is golf, people. And it hasn't. And then we did try it out for a long time. We have now learned that what we originally thought was correct. So I'm, I am trying to now start thinking outside the box, Josh, when it comes to making picks because if i'm doing what everybody else is doing and i'm not winning what in the hell the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results and we've done it now this is four or five years of the podcast first year we were having fun doing no strokes gain and i was cashing commas and then do strokes gain and we're losing we're just going down with everybody else so i'm trying to think outside the box here's how i'm going to think about maybe you look at other stats okay okay (laughs) Strokes gain is all we got, blah, blah, blah. And everybody now we've lost viewers because they're all strokes gain Nazis and they love strokes gain. So they're, they're mad that I'm <laughs> saying facts. But off the tee is the only pure strokes gain stat because it is off the tee. It is from the same spot everybody plays from. Then you can judge how they did from that tee box, which is typically flat in the same spot for all the golfers that day. So off the tee, sure, use off the tee. That might only be the, the only strokes gain stat that you can use. Again, maybe putting. If they putted too well, that scares us. We can do that, the strokes gain. Maybe we can take the off the tee mentality and we can apply it to par three scoring because par three scoring 
aren't they just hitting the same shot, all of them, from the same spot, a controlled environment? I feel like right. par three scoring is never really – has anyone ever touted par three scoring, Josh? No, because there's only two or three or four of those holes around. Mm-hmm. So they focus on and, – and by the way, <coughs> on PJ Tour courses, those holes are usually very long, and they're usually not scorable. The scoring holes uh, are short par fours, par fives. Okay. So everyone touts par four scoring or some type of wedge play because it's the short par fours you hit wedges in or the par five scoring. My thinking is that there's something about like a, if you play better on par threes compared to your opponents, maybe you have your iron shit together. Like we should. We should maybe look into this more. I don't know. Maybe this is something that I, you know, I haven't discovered and learned that it's not predictive at least. So then maybe we're trying to go for this. Cause at one time I remember looking at par three scoring years ago, right before the Pebble beach pro-am. And I stumbled upon the first number one guy was Nick Taylor. And then he ended up winning the tournament on a Pebble beach where you need to be tight with your iron play and you need to hit these small green par threes i don't know so then but i was bullied into not believing that one there's other stats that we've been looking at in the past and that we were bullied out of considering as important including cuts in a row if somebody's making cuts in a row i mean that's the basics of what scores on DraftKings. what do you got to say martin no i, I think you, i think you're on to something here i think you're okay. on to something big well not only just making cuts but then also somebody that's played a lot of rounds this could also be detrimental so we need to look at potentially, I used to tweet out, are you um, frightened by fatigue or encouraged by experience? Because do you want a guy that's got experience? Yes. Confidence breed like bleeds into the next event. If you have confidence, you're going to be good at, for a number of events in a row. But if you suck, then you're going to be bad. So we want confidence. We want guys making cuts. We want consistency. So we're trying there's, to get- There's something uh, to that, though, Chad. And th- we talk about uh, stats this way all the time, whatever we're talking about fatigue and we're talking the, the entire tour together as one instead of each individual golfer. So the way that you were just saying, Oh, do we want people that are playing a lot of rounds in a row? Maybe. Yeah. Who depends who you are. Yeah. There could be, there could be single golfers out there that go, once I get Brooks has said this, I need to play a tournament or two before I really start yeah. sticking it, you know. So he, so Brooks needs to play two or three, and then he's really rolling. Maybe other people that are like, once I play two or one or two or three, I'm dead. I my back hurts. Like Louis, Louis says it is really yeah. good out of the gate and off of a rest. Right. So we got to we got to really be careful and think about when we say when we're talking about fatigue or any stat yeah. and anything. We have to, you got to think about it on a golfer by golfer basis and whether it makes sense for that golfer. Because if we just say, oh, fatigue matters, sure, but for who? Yeah, or less so you with Sung Jay than with. Right. Sung Jay plays a million, million tournaments in a row right. and he just is continually good. Whereas if you get somebody else, I don't even know who the fuck it is, they, they play two or three and then all of a sudden they're dead. And they missed two cuts in a row. Right. Like, Which is another thing Martins and I used to consider. And we, you know, maybe we should go back to this line of thinking of thinking outside the box is that if a guy misses a cut, maybe that's a good thing. That's actually better 
than making the cut and finishing 66th out of 70 golfers. Like if you make the cut, you may still suck over the weekend or you have performed, you, you know, pick up bad habits. Whereas a guy who misses the cut, they could potentially be resting. They're going to have practiced a little bit and they're going to inherently come in lower ownership if they've missed the cut the week before than if they've made the cut. Like literally this is maybe we need to figure out who are the guys that missed the cut that we want to consider. And this is just outside of the box thinking. I'm not trying to say that these are going to lead to answers because we don't know. But and you can you can consider like a lot of outside factors there too. If you got a single dude that's just out of college, has nothing to do except for practice, he misses a cut, he's getting with his coach the next day. Yeah. If you got Chad out here with three kids, a job that he's working till 9 p.m., the like when he misses a cut, he's going home and he's got to feed his three kids and he's got to get to work and do all. He doesn't have time to practice as much as old college guy. That's like, what the fuck am I going to do? I'm just going to go to the, the, the rain. Well, it's just another thing, which I wrote down old names versus new names. The new ones we don't know about. We don't know if they're any better or worse than these old names that we obviously have established opinions about. So if the older names are who they are, and after 30 years old, Quagnus, we've talked about this plenty of times where you're 30 years old, you're, you're going to learn new tricks. You're going to get to the point where you're actually competing again now. Like this is the Cameron Tringali process of we have to stop when they once they reach 31. Luke List did prove us wrong, actually, randomly, weirdly, at Torrey Pines this year. Because like you could have written off Luke List. Like you're old now. You are who you are. Some of these people that are young, maybe we we side on the like the unknown because shit, they're young. They're they don't have these ghosts in their brain and all these bad habits. So we're looking at the younger group, this young crop, including Montgomery and others, right? Quagnus, have you thought about using newer names that you've never even heard of because we don't know if they suck? Whereas the other names, we're pretty sure they suck. Well, I think that goes back to what uh, Josh said about paying attention to Corn Fairy Tour here. I mean, we got guys, you know, coming off of whatever, and and if your database has uh, has uh, the, the results off the Corn Fairy Tour, you might actually have an edge there. To you know, you're, it's still a gamble. Let's not let's not lie here. There's a difference between the Corn Ferry Tour and the PGA Tour, and uh, but yeah, I I, th- I think yeah, well, and then dude, some guys, dude, there there are players that will will wither and they will wilt under the lights of the PGA Tour. That is the facts. And there are other ple- people. I I feel like I'm one of these people. My example is the other day I played golf. We had to play through a group in front of us. It was a bunch of kids, bunch of teenagers clearly with judging eyes and I've got to go up there and I've got to smash a drive in front of these people. I hit the best drive of the day. Cause I was like, Oh fuck, I better focus and not screw this drive up. The lights are shining now for the first time in eight holes. I'm going to try to do my better. And I'm like, Holy crap. Maybe I'm better if I have the pressure on, which is somewhat true because when I did those YouTube videos, you can go back and look of me going through courses. If I have the camera there and I have it pointed at me and I'm like, someone's watching my swing or I've got to use this swing for this video I'm making for YouTube. I play better. Like sometimes people are, Oh shit. It's on the cameras on. Uh, now I'm going to play worse. So you got to figure out who the people are. We're going to try to do this. Are we not Josh? We're going to try to uh, start tweeting stuff out. Maybe we're going to try to look into who is good with a little bit of fatigue. Who's better with a little rest. Um, who's motivated, who has a chip on their shoulder. Cause we know, Hindsight is always twenty twenty, but we want to find this out ahead of time instead of looking at the strokes and stuff and doing what everybody else does. 
I agree. Um, By the way, do you, uh, so are you saying that uh, when our friend Chris Ebaum comes into into town Saturday on Saturday morning, your uh, your first tee shot is going to be just piped right down the middle? Is well, that what you're saying? Depends on how. Oh, long. the back hurts already. Ooh, no, the, boy. Dr- the drive to Stonebrook. Stone it's, it's Wednesday and your back minutes. hurts already. Okay. I got just it. got back from the chiropractor. I'm doing great. Here, update. Chiropractor's doing great. I did swing like Camp Champ uh, at the end of my nine holes on mm. Monday. And my I woke up the next morning. And my back wasn't just destroying me. So we're making progress. Um, we're having fun. Because I'm doing the at-home exercises and I can feel it. I got the net I just ordered, so I'm going to put it in my garage over the winter. I got the mat on the ground. I'm going to hit the balls into the net. We're going to practice all winter long. It's going to be great. Quagnus, we're going to do it. We're going to start next spring on a better foot. Before we leave the strategy portion, I wanted to make everybody aware that there's a reason Bezayden Hoot is under-owned this week. It's just because oh. his name is Bezayden Hoot. Oh. Have, have we not seen this, Martins, where you have a weird name or you have an unknown maybe – you don't know you as well. Maybe you're a jerk off the course. These people, you should click because they're inherently lower owned. Like I think Poseidon who's low owned because he's not Montgomery. Good God. Montgomery. By the way, in a uh, in a putting contest, Poseidon uh, who's probably a guy that you want on your team. Uh, and didn't we see after 2019, granted it was in December and it was going into the other season and it was a different time of year and all that stuff, but the guys that participated – in these team events, they typically have a little more motivation or they're a little bit more form coming into. I was one of the 12 people selected and now I'm at this tournament that I should compete at. And now we're at 5% owned. I'm just, I'm just scrolling through the last, if we're, if you just care about strokes game putting in the last 10 rounds, I okay. think in this field, the bazoon hoot is fifth. Yeah. Putter. So. And he loves Bermuda. Maybe. We'll see. Who cares? All right. Should we pepper the 8K range, Martins? Did you pepper anybody in the 8K range? Uh, let's see here. You know, I didn't really. I might have done Molinax, which is surprise, which is not surprising because Molinax is Molachok. Shocker. <laughs> um, I was shocked by that actually, and you know what's true is that I didn't uh, update our ownership spreadsheet because I was told my friends at Fanshare have done some updating, but it looks cool. like as of right now, Trey Molinax is the third most owned name overall. The problem wow. with calculating and doing ownership in the mid afternoon on Wednesday, granted you got to do it at some point and you got to make lineups at some point, but it's true. People will look at the ownership and they will make decisions. And then by the time eight o'clock rolls around, the people making decisions in the ownership projections then are making different lineups. So, you kind of have to consider where, when and where you look at your ownership. Uh, we can go into a whole rant about ownership. That's the and whether answer. it's whether it's actually good or not. That's the that's the crazy thing to me about people making decisions solely based on ownership projections. The interesting thing, more interesting, is that people use these ownership numbers. You got them on the screen, and they say this guy is going. Sam Burns is going to be twenty one percent owned. Is he? We don't know that. We don't know that until the contest starts. So you can't say, I'm off on Sam Burns. He's 21%. You don't know that. He could. So let's just say this. Let's say Sam Burns' number is 15 here. People go in on him. That's not nearly enough. I'm in on Sam Burns. Then he's 21. They're like, shit. 
And now he says he's 21. He's going to come in at 15, and people are going to be like, oh, shit, I should have played him. So it's like, I tweeted about this. We can rant more if you want. But I, I have not seen, of all the websites that put out ownership, there's Fanshare and Fantasy National are the big ones. There's a ton of other ones. Spreadsheet I'm looking at right now from a website that I can't give out now because the spreadsheet isn't right, has ownership on it. So there's all these places, but nobody comes out and says, I'm like 98% accurate. You Mm -hmm. should use my numbers. Mm -hmm. Why? Because none of them are right. They can't get it right. It's impossible. No, because on Thursday, they're too lazy to calculate how right And And they, they could say, I don't put it out because... We don't know. It's random, blah, blah, blah. Then right. there's no there's no point in using it. If you can't, if you put out a number and say, this is where I think ownership is going to be, but then two weeks later, you can't say, my projections are this good. You should use them. Why, why are we using them? You can't just say, oh, it's close. Close isn't good enough. It has well, to be insanely accurate for it to matter. Or what? Why are you putting out ownership projections that you know are going to be wildly wrong? Like, if you're a website that has this, like, it doesn't help because you can just put it. You can put it on a banner that says "We have ownership," and people flock because they think it matters. But then, why are you putting it out at 9 a.m. if it literally shows your website to be a fool? It's like it's better to not say anything to then reveal yourself as a fool. I mean, so let's let's. I don't want to pick on anybody, but like, just wait then. Well, Chen, we can pick on literally everybody because we have no sponsors. Everybody. (laughs) Oh, because everybody sucks at it. Yes, because nobody will come out and say we are great. If they're great, they would say they were great. None of them are good. All of them are bad. Don't. I'm using Taylor Moore in this 8K range at 8,500. I feel like that's a fair click. Taylor Moore is actually good at golf. He was T17 last year. We've seen him on the PGA Tour for a year now, making eight cuts in a row before the 2022 season on PGA Tour. He was great Corn Ferry Tour guy with many top tens and a win at some point. So I like Taylor Moore at 8,500 and could maybe not be as popular in people's minds because they know Eris English and they know maybe Seamus Power. Um, I'm also going to use Kirk and Clark. I've got a couple Kirk Clark lineups because I like it at Ooh. eight two and eight thousand. Kirk and Clark, not the same games, but I feel like they could conquer this course. Still, do you guys have any other names you want to mention before we go to the seven K range? I do, Eric. You got a name or two? Um, I look at Seamus Power only because he just seems like the guy that like will randomly all of a sudden he shows up. Not random bunch of poor shows up all the time. Did he make your model, Josh? Oh, he's on the model. He's 22nd in Josh's model. Seamus. Oh, yeah. Seamus is what what how's he? Oh god, I'm gonna look at this site again. I'm just not gonna trust it. But uh yeah, I mean he's he's eighty four hundred is so low, I think. He should be he should be ninety two hundred, I think. Why For power? Yeah. He was wildly good. He was wildly good last year. He's in pretty good form right now, isn't he? No, he's not. No, he's in bad Bad, form. Bad, 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 bad. Yeah, and he likes harder courses. He likes hard shit. Does he though? 
<laughs> well, he did well at majors, so that just ins- I think that I don't know. I mean, um, his most of his season last year was good, in, including tournaments like this. He won something like this, didn't he? Yeah, eighty-four hundred is crazy. Eighty-one hundred for Gary Woodland. He's got shit recent form, but everybody's model is popping Gary Woodland out to the point where our friend Joe Idoni is betting him because his model showed Woodland as the top almost. As as is mine, I think. Yeah. What so should we third? use eighty-one hundred dollar Woodland, Fifth. even though he's kind of bad? Fifth. Is he bad? I think so. He hasn't. What's he good at now? He's gaining an approach in the in the new season, which I like to see. Oh, so you're using Woodland? I didn't say that. I'm just looking. I'm just looking at him right now, and yeah, Yeah. I I think he'd be worth approach. But yeah, he's he's another guy that just pops randomly. He's hard to predict. I mean, but we all love Gary Woodland. I mean, we like him, but I don't think he's good enough to click at 8100 at popularity. Is he popular? Yeah. I doubt. I'm probably not going to. No, he's not. I love Gary. I loved playing Gary Woodland when he was uh, straight bombing off the tee, hit it to four feet, and then Luke list every putt. That was my favorite Gary Woodland. (laughs) He won a major doing that. I know he did. (laughs) He's great. Okay, we can go to the 7K range. It's fuck. There's a shitload of names. Oh my goodness, how many people are here? 41. So a a third of the field is here. What are we doing with this? Field. Should we show the ownership? The most owned name, actually, in the seven K range is Brendan Steele. So, Esti- estimated most owned. Oh, projected. let's let's uh, yeah, let's let's make sure we say it that way from now on. Yeah, sorry. There's four names projected by some stupid people <laughs> over ten percent, including uh, Steele, Alex Smalley, Justin Su, and Davis Thompson. Martins, do you know anything about Davis Thompson? I've heard his name a lot. You know, uh, I think I did casually look at him, but no, I don't really know a lot about Davis Thompson. So neither do I. I think he's good, but he's seventy two hundred, so people like the price. I would rather take Michael Thompson. If you want to go <laughs> head to heads, you can go in my. You can drop in some DMs in my DMs. I'll go head to head on Davis versus Michael. I might need some odds, but I don't know. I'm not confident if he's going to be ten point eight six percent owned. Davis Thompson, no thanks. So. Uh, should we just look at who you made, who who did make your lineup, Quagnus? Should we should we make lineups? Yeah, I have a, I have, I have a lineup here made. If you want. Okay. Well, you, you said you started it. with the Gala. No. No Burns. Burns. Yeah. Okay. And did then I go... dropped. I dropped. I didn't. I, you can't. I don't know if you can do two 10K names. So yeah. Okay. I dropped down to Bazudin Hoot at ninety three hundred. What? So you're Burns Bazudin Hoot like me? Love that. Yes. Okay. And then uh, I told you who I like at the eighty three or at the eight thousand dollar range, Mullinax. Oh, whoops. And then okay. I don't know. Here's here I got three seven K names, and you can you know judge me how you want, but uh, oh, Ben on Ben on at seventy four hundred. Whoa. Uh, Joseph Bramlin at seventy two. So I'm gonna be doing Whoa. that. And then Whoa. I'm gonna go back to Stu Stink. Stu, he stinked. Oh Stu stinked. Sue, Stu is worse than you think. <sighs> this is better than you so think. So bad. Oh my god! Holy you took god. a seventy-four hundred dollar Ben on and an overpriced Bramlet. You get like six thousand dollars last week. My god. Oh, it's that's how it goes in DraftKings with a with a poor feel. I think Stu Stink, who didn't lose any strokes 
off the tee and, and gained a few on approach. I, I'm willing to th- roll the dice that he finds it and makes a cut. I, I just need to make cuts here at this point. Give me okay. a break. What about you, Jish? Show us your names. Uh, you want all my names? Uh, Sam Burns. Oh, my God. Okay. Montgomery. Montgomery? Yes. Montgomery Burns. How dare you do Montgomery Burns? What a great lineup. We should That's have right. It is. This, this is a great lineup. Seamus. Seamus Power at 8,400 is your third name in Warriors. Yes, okay. because he should be 9,200. Also, I'm noticing, uh, I, d- I don't know why I no- didn't notice this before, uh, Hadwin and Harris English, both also underpriced. They both should be in the 9,000s. 9, I'm not playing either of them, but I just noticed that they're underpriced. They're, yeah, okay, okay. Well, Hadwin did play well. They're, both of them are way better than Sepp Straka. Correct. Or Detry, who no one knows about, or Davis Riley, who Dietrich, everyone's Apparently, Detry makes a lot of birdies. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Seventy-seven hundred. Andrew Putnam. Yes. Yes. Putnam. Putnam's gonna be Putnam in for all the birdies. He is underpriced wow. for his recent form. I like Putnam. Yes. And then and then we got we got some uh, we got. Oh, some you're dumpster diving in the six. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh oh. Uh, Sixty-nine hundred. Get hey. Uh, actually, this would be a fun game. Sixty nine hundred. Guess who it is? I, uh, I, I'll give you. I'll give you each two guesses. I bet you both miss. Are you going to do Carl Yawn like everybody else? Nope. Here's my I, guess. Callum Taren. Oh, solid guess. He nailed it. Wow. Look at you. Well, that's in the model. We could. I know. Yeah. Shit. It's model. Model. Damn it. Yeah. Oh. We're not, we're, we see your model on Jish Swish Twitter. All right. So I, got I thought for sure you guys wouldn't have. Well, that leaves you $6,700. Like you can do Michael Thompson. No, oh, I, Michael I already Thompson. told you. Chad, I already told you who it is. You did? Before we started the show. Adam Long? Yeah. Why did you click him? I clicked him too. <laughs> well, in my player pool. Right. He's a uh, Adam Long. I think Adam Long was, wasn't he like 7,500 in fields like these for a long Yeah, time? he's definitely underpriced for his per- per- performance towards the end of last year, I would say. Again, not this isn't right, but I see a 29th and a 23rd. Don't have a 2020 in here because this spreadsheet isn't updated. But and had a had a big streak there at top 25. So okay, 6700. Well, um, people come to the program each week for the uh, ownership ranges, so you can get this on the Discord. You can see that ad MJ Duffy is 5.8. This is the chalk of the 6K range. I'm sh- shocked Martin's isn't all about Duffy. <laughs> Uh, Callum Terran is very popular too, and I tried him. I he's a uh, he's a, he's a he's a Twitter popular guy because he he had some oh. video or something that from the three M. There was oh, some video yeah, of him yeah. from the three M, and then everybody was like, oh, yeah. "I'm a Callum Terran fan now." They don't they don't even yeah, they cute. probably can't even pronounce his no, name he, right. No, I, I, I can't I know what you're talking about because in that video he has long hair, and then yes. the next week he has short hair, or it was vice versa. Like he had long hair, and then he. Did the video and then he cut or like I don't know which well, I was like I thought you had long hair dude what's wrong with you but he doesn't so Shank and Smotherman Smotherman at sixty eight hundred dollars is chalk I'm okay with eating and look at the difference between a one website I use and another website I use like so I just split the difference because I'm like I'm confused that is the life we live as DraftKings players is that one website for ownership projecting has eight point five and the other one has a less than one how the fuck does that work. Imagine paying so for this crazy. service. Anyway, <laughs> uh, should I show? Oops. 
I'll bring back in and I'll share my lineup just for good measure. Again, the beer gut brain model lineup is available on my Twitter page on my narrative. Oops. Wait, is that my lineup? Oh yeah, I guess it is. I can't import it. Oh, wait. Never mind. Uh, it starts with Sam Burns, of course. We're going to Bezade Newt. Let me see if I can replicate it. We got Clark. Because, of course, Gundam Clark, he's my guy. Martins, I want a GPP with Gundam Clark. I didn't even know who he was. That's what you do. I remember that. And now I'm a fan of his. And he's 8,000. Let's go, baby. And then I did Smotherman. Uh, not one more name. And it's $7,500. So you guys can do the same thing. Well, I just uh -oh. showed you. Oh, no. So Smalley, Lower, Hardy, On, Streelman, Svensson, Taylor, Hubbard, Knox, Gordon, West. Hmm. Are you Probably Spence. Oh, yeah, you clicked. Yeah, that. I'm Svenny. Look at that. You are a Svenny guy. Andrew, Adam. I'm a Svenny guy. Our, is our guy uh, Joe I on Svenny? He's a big He's Svenny not, guy. not, actually. What? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Well, he only bets, so I'm not sure he didn't bet him. But oh, and then he bets to win the tournament. I don't think he's going to win. I think 7,400 is a fair price. I like the Smotherman. I don't know. First click, first gut reaction to the six K range. I went Smotherman. I think he has a little bit of that um, ball striker in him, where he does good with irons. He does with off the tee, puts a little bit together, gets a couple tw top 25s every once in a while. However, I have one super sleeper for the GPPs, boys and girls. Uh oh, $6,300 before we get you out of here. Whoa. It is Jimbo Walker. Ugh. Wow. He, no, no. Uh, last week, this Jimmy Walker guy, what did he do with his irons? Did you see? He gained 6.8 on approach. Finished top That's 25. Not sustainable. He lost 3.3 strokes punting. You say it's not sustainable, but this is the PGA winner. He won a major. That was his last win. Last year, made the cut here. Now, recently, I don't know what I saw about Jimmy Walker, some propaganda on PGA Twitter. He his, you know, they did this, like, family cute interview where he was talking about how his family was. I did see that. Yeah, did you see that? He took time off to go and, like, play with his kids or whatever, or, like, put them on the bus and, like, do things and, like, didn't care as much. And then they're older a little bit now, apparently. And now they're back to saying, hey, dad, you're going to go out there. He asks his kids, should I go back on tour? And they're like, dad, if you can be great again. And then he's like, I'll be great again. So I'm like, holy shit. Talk about motivation. If we're worrying, this gave me chills. Yeah. And he's going to go back out there. And the first event that I've, after watching this, he has a top 25 and is killing it with his irons. I'm thinking Jimmy Walker is going to find it. And by the Texas swing, we're going to get a win. He won't be 6,300 then. That's for sure. So get him now. Use an wow. eight share of Jimmy Walker. Love Straight. this, Paul. I'm playing him. I'm I'm a fool. So I'll, you could easily miss the cut. But they're $6,300. That's okay. Isn't that? It's a fantastic. My guy's Nick Watney, 6,200. He already Ooh. did it here last year. It's over. He did? Yeah. He, like, finished second last year. Second, yeah. We're still okay. on Nick Watney. We're done with the program. It was 47 minutes. Um, we're warning you at home. We've tried to do this a little bit subtly, but I'll just do it right now. Betting on sports is not a good way to create a college savings fund for your children. Don't, <laughs> especially the human dice that are golfers. 
like for God's sakes, if you're gonna bet, like bet on NFL spreads where it's 50-50 and it's just a coin flip. Like yeah. Uh, by the way, if you're gonna do that, follow our guy Brian Kirshner. He has the best NFL bets of all time. Oh God, does he really? I don't know. I know Andy Lack does because he's like ten and two. He does, but his his lines are stale. <laughs> you gotta be care- you gotta be careful with the stale lines. What you do if you have a problem is you go seek help for real because this is not something you should have a problem over or you just come hang out with us because we will never judge your five dollar bet. We're playing DraftKings for a dollar, are we not, Martins? I make you deposit because you're like, oh, I have to play for more than a dollar. Yeah, I don't care for that for our five dollar. Yeah, league. sorry, you got to win one of those. Yeah, in order mm-hmm. to recoup my loss. Maybe you'll win it this week with your horrible lineup. Who did you have in there? God, they're just bad golfers. I forgot. Yeah, you're not going to be good. But okay. <laughs> You don't even have to care. You can just do this for fun. You can do this every Wednesday with us back here on this YouTube page, t- cracking beers, chilling, chatting it up. If you've got questions, you can do it on the side in the chat, or you can DM us, or you can follow us on Twitter. He's at Jish Swish. Quagnus is at Quagnus. And I'm at Edina Real Cheer because I'm a realtor for these Edina Realty uh, brokerage, and my initials are C-H-E. Again, good luck. See you next week. Follow us on Twitter. Love you all. Or don't.